0: And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash Wire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set.
1: The Big Vets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go.
2: in the court, 10 seconds remaining. They just got to throw it under
0: the basket, under the basket. It's the truth for the win. God, oh, They did it. A miracle. Fidgets. Double order. Hit that one from the parking lot.
2: Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. I am your host, Kai McEwen, joined by the rest of the three-man weave crew, Jim Root and Matt Cox. Every Wednesday morning, we'll be dropping a new BBOC episode talking all things betting in the world of college basketball. On today's episode, it's a familiar format for those that have been listening to the show. We have our Power Conference Game of the Week, our Mid-Major Game of the Week. Diving into a spotlight section, and this section, folks, is a futures check-in. Checking in on some futures, some national title odds, some player, uh, player of the year odds. Of course, we'll have our blowout city. Our trash man pick of the week, the ugliest game on the upcoming slate next couple of days. But of course, we always start with I think what's become my favorite section. It's the outright dog of the week. Uh-huh, there's my
0: dog. Where's my dog? Uh-huh, there's my, my dog. Uh-huh, there's
2: my We've had a lot of barking dogs lately come through for us. Last week, we called Utah Tech. Kaboom! The Utah Tech Trailblazers took down Cal Baptist. Good for us. Pat on the back for us. Uh, Bobby Moe, a.k.a. Robert Morris, fell short in their bid to upset Canisius, although they did cover plus eight, so you've got a good number on them. They covered for you. Not too shabby. And then a couple other games we mentioned but did not take officially. Brown beat Rhode Island. We said that was kind of a, a traditional spot where Brown just plays really well in Rhode Island Craps the bed, and they certainly did. And then South Carolina, while they did not beat Clemson, they did cover and, and played the Tigers close. Tyroland Browns the bed when yes. they play Brown. Ah. Yes. Ha ha. There we go. Very good. All and right, with we're, getting that, started. we're transitioning into <laughs> this week's uh selections for Live Dog of the Week. And of course, I have curated a list for Matt and Jim to pick over if they want to choose one of these or throw out one of their own. On Wednesday, there's three good options, in my opinion. Uh, Weaver State goes on the road to Nevada. Ken Palm's got this one as a nine-point spread. Boy, Weaver State is a tough dog. They just beat St. Mary's at home not too long ago. Uh, and Nevada is off a, a UC Davis dogfight and a loss to Drake. I guess we can just start with there. Uh, Jim, you're on that one. I sure am, Kai. I,
3: I've faded Nevada like their last four games, I think, and with relative success. I believe their only cover in that span is Loyal and Marymount. And I just, I think maybe they got a little scorching out of the gates and they're coming back down to earth. And like you said, weaver, super, super feisty team, really well coached, and they're going to have the best player on the floor. Dylan Jones is a star. We Mm -hmm. basically say it every time I talk about Weber state, because they have a guy who's like a true all American Mm -hmm. and few teams in the big sky and that caliber have somebody like him. The has got some guys to throw at him, Matt, I, I definitely acknowledge that, but uh, I think there's going to be value on it. I think this team's a little closer together than this number indicates. So I will be betting on Weaver State. Yeah,
1: um, I'm with John Weber. I, Nevada's good. They're not better than last year, which is what the market indicates they are. I'm just kind of like anchoring to that that assumption. Um, and Weaver's good. And I think as we go deeper into the year, the St. Mary's win, which looked awesome at the time and then did look that cool, will like begin to look cool. It'll, the luster will be restored as the days go by, I think, with that one.
2: Agreed. Agreed. That's aging pretty well after St. Mary's beat Colorado State. Very tough win on the road for them. Uh, Arkansas State is plus five per Kim Palm at Louisville. And my question here is why not, Matthew? Uh, Arkansas State finally looked, I think, like the team that we expected in the preseason. I thought this team was going to be pretty good. Smashed UAB. Uh, very impressive victory. Don't pay too much attention to the Alabama game. Alabama well, it was built to destroy them. But Louisville, Matt, just lost to Paul you think arkansas state can get it done
1: yeah i do I, I think why not's a pretty good point i just don't love the value you'll probably get here like it'll probably only be two to one um i'd I like a, a bigger uh, uh some more upside i guess when i'm backing arkansas State, who i think it's kind of bad i mean we you know Louisville's terrible they couldn't even beat the paul at DePaul, and that's a dumpster fire of a program so i think they win i just would like a more bang for my buck if i'm swinging on this one
3: i, I think there's plenty of bang for buck because it's probably around like a pick'em spread for me. Uh, I mean, just look at what Louisville's done against quality mid-major competition at home. Beat UMBC by one. Lost by ten to Chattanooga. Went to overtime with shorthanded New Mexico State. Beat Bellerman by five. Like None of those results Mm. scare me. It's not like Arkansas State is copping state-level bad. And I think Arkansas State is well-coached. They brought uh, Brian Hodgson off of Nate Oates' staff from Alabama. Got a pretty decent transfer class, Kai. Uh, This one initially didn't grab me, but I got to where you were with what what am I doing? What, am I scared of the Louisville? Is that really what I am? No, I
2: certainly am not. So I'll I'll hop in on the Red Wolves here as well. Yeah, probably worth mentioning also. They they got Caleb Fields back last game, yeah. a starter who's basically Ooh. missed the last four games. Uh, he's played you know a tiny bit of uh, a tiny amount, but I think it's, it's worth a five year starter at point guard like that. That matters a yeah. lot. <laughs> pretty pretty key. Uh, okay, Matthew, how about I tempt you with this one because I I do like this one. I, I will be adding it officially here. Uh, Eastern Kentucky, plus six per Ken Palm at Louisiana. Uh, this team, this EKU team, I promise they're way better than than, than what they've started this season. Uh, too much talent coming back, basically everyone from last season. Now, the depth is not showing early. Uh, uh, Hamilton's keeping a pretty tight bench. But maybe the Greensboro game in which EKU lost in overtime, maybe that got them back on track a bit. They had a huge rebounding edge in this game. And man, major shooting regression is coming. Uh, Louisiana, the Cajuns, 16th nationally in three-point percentage defense. Eastern Kentucky, dead last in the country in three-point percentage defense. Some regression coming. Jim, do you like this game? Sure do. Kai,
3: I'm on board with the list you have curated today. I'm going to be on EKU as well. Definitely think they're undervalued because of some of the shooting numbers you mentioned. And you flip it, I think two-point percentage is a very sustainable indicator of defensive success. And EKU is second nationally in two-point percentage defense. Like, that is crazy for a mid-major to be that high. And Louisiana is 354th in two-point percentage. So I think there's routes to easy buckets for EKU. They've got guards that can really put it on the ground and get to the rim. And on the other hand, Louisiana is going to really struggle to get easy baskets inside against Cozart, uh, a fantastic offensive rebounder, like you mentioned. And just give me a little of that demanded shooting regression, and I think EKU's got a real chance to win outright.
1: Yeah, I'm with AKU. I know Kozard missed their last non-D1 game. I assume it's just some bogus load management that we feel like kids need to go through when they're tw- – He had like a, uh,
3: a knee knock in one of their earlier games that I saw, oh, okay. and I, I think they're probably just resting him because of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, he blocks everything. I mean, it's insane how much he just destroys the rim, especially against has major competition, and especially against Louisiana, who basically plays all guards this year. Like, they don't have Jordan Brown. They're not winning with size. It's more speed and slashing – um, so having just like an eraser at the rim would help. So yes, would would check if Cozart's playing to confirm, but I will be on this one too.
3: Yeah. Number one nationally in block rate to, to the, your point of blocking everything. Yes. 17% block hates rate free throws.
1: My goodness. He hates free throws. See Oof.
2: EKU is one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the country. That's kind of been part of their issue. So that can be frustrating to back a team like that for sure. But we do like them uh, Thursday. Furman goes a, 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 on the road to Tulane. Six point spread for Kim Pump. Just, just when I see Furman as a decent sized dog, I, you know, I, I give them a little extra attention here. Just a really good team. Shoot the crap out of it. Not sure I really love it in terms of money line play, but certainly one that probably warrants it to be mentioned. And, and then Jim has one to add. Jim, what do you think? Uh
3: Alabama AM at home, hosting UAB. Uh Alabama AM has been bad this year, like outright not good, especially their interior defense. But I think you get these HBCU teams at home, and they can really rally and put on a good effort. Look at Howard taking Cincinnati to overtime. Uh, last year, a bunch of SWAC teams beat Pac-12 teams outright. Florida A&M competed with Oregon for like 38 and a half minutes this year. I think Alabama a I can say, struggling UAB squad this year. It's in-state. It's a little bit of big brother to it. I think you get a motivated team, and I'm not sure UAB is is figured out who they are, what they are this yeah, year, Matt. Yeah. They've been kind of bad.
1: Yeah, I watched the Alcorn game because I'm a sicko and they should have lost that game. Like, I think UAB can play Houston within a few possessions and I think UAB could lose to like Mississippi Valley State. That's just how, <laughs> you know, they, they play up and they play down and they play all around. And I think this is a great value play, especially with how well we've seen the HPCU home courts uh, play up in these spots.
2: Love it. I will consider that. Yeah, I have been back in UAB a couple of times. Uh, not to my liking. They, they've been, like Jim said, struggling. Okay, fellas. What are we endorsing? I'm going to take EKU, and I'm going to take Arkansas State. Jim, what do you got? Big old
3: group for me here today. I, I like Weber State, Eastern Kentucky, Arkansas State, and a small dart throw on Alabama A&M. We'll probably have some on the the spread for all these games too, but I think all of them have the the variance and the upside to win outright.
1: Just Weber, EKU. I will take AAM, AAMU, the Bulldogs uh, spread, but I'm too scared, too too soft to take money line there.
2: Fair enough. I thought Alabama AM and like horrible against the spread this year. Just four and five. So they're covering these big spreads a little bit. Uh, we'll yeah, see what the I'm, spread is. I'm still is.
3: smarting from, from Monday night backing them at Sanford in a 96-possession game yeah. where Sanford started 9-for-10 from three, and it was never close, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, that is the concern. The pace is, is a concern when Regression. you're backing these big dogs. Uh, all right. Blowout City. Bye. Next section, fellas. Last week, uh, Colorado State was the one we were looking at against Denver. Well, that was close. Denver, in fact, was kind of with them the entire way. Uh, Colorado State won by just 10. But Matt did mention that this was a good spot last week for Houston to blow the doors off Rice, and guess what they did? They crushed Rice. So hopefully you listen to that advice instead of Colorado State. Good job, Matthew.
1: Thank you. You're
2: welcome. This week, Wednesday, uh, I actually i am I on a few of these fellows? Uh, Auburn is hosting. Well, not hosting. Uh, it's actually a neutral site game. Weirdly enough in Huntsville, Alabama, they're playing UNC Asheville. Now Asheville, everyone or people f- f- familiar with college basketball know that Drew Pember plays for Asheville and Hey, he's really good. Is Asheville a pretty good mid major? I think they are, but not when they step up in competition this season, lost by 25 to Michigan last year, lost by 34 to Arkansas. Last year in the tournament, lost by 33 to UCLA. Three years ago, two years ago, lost by 19 North Carolina. They just don't play these power conference teams well. And, Jim, there's so much athleticism and size on Auburn to really give them problems, I think. Yeah, Auburn, or Auburn
3: dominates the paint on both ends with Chennai Broom and Dylan Cardwell and Jalen Williams, etc. They have shot making, too, but they're a very dominant paint team. Asheville, I mentioned two-point percentage offense-defense, how I think that's sustainable. Uh, they're 336th in two-point percentage defense and 311th in two-point percentage offense. They will get zero easy baskets in this game, and Auburn will likely have a layup line. Uh, and Auburn's kind of angry, Matthew, given uh, the recent road loss to App State. I don't think they're going to be taking a mid-major team likely, or likely after that one.
1: Yeah, well, they took out plenty of anger on Indiana. So if they have any sort of anger <laughs> left in did. the tank, then I'm with you. Uh, I think the yeah the better point is Kai. You guys both brought up UNCA just does not tend to rise well against the big boys. Um, I, I think Auburn destroys them. Like if you have multiple guys that you can slot on, Pember, um, I, I think this is a, a complete runaway.
2: The other ones I was kind of eyeing, fellas, and we can go through these quick. FAU is hosting FIU. A uh, very pre- unpredictable team, obviously FIU last year. This game was like a 30 point contest, something like that 20 to 30 points. FAU is just way better. Uh, I think they kind of rise above the bullshit that FIU can kind of do to, to certain teams. Uh, and then Mississippi State uh, hosting Murray State only because the Racers gym are just so bad on the road. So bad. Yeah. Yeah. Really terrible. I don't know what their deal is. They get outside of Murray and
3: they just are not the same team. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, yeah, the, the FAU, FIU. Matchups last year, you mentioned one was a blowout and the one at FIU went to overtime and Mm. and like FIU competed. I think that tells you the wide range of what could happen in this game. Uh, FIU's got a little more size to compete with Golden inside, but man, are they sloppy and FAU could run away with it. There's that crosstown South Beach area, Boca Raton rivalry. So uh, you expect both teams to give their best version there. I'm not quite sold just because, I, I like I said, those last two, I think there's too much variance in the outcome that I'm going to rely on mm. it. But yeah, Murray stayed away from home. I kind of like that. Mississippi State's offense looked incredible in torching Tulane over the weekend. Uh, I think they're back on track, Matt, after their home loss to Southern. I think that's a good look as well.
1: I like FAU. I think Dusty, May, and Co. are 5-0 and after losses against the spread the last two years. Tiny sample. I recognize that, but I think they do bounce back after the Illinois loss. Uh, a game in which Illinois probably Played not out above their heads, but played a damn near close to perfect game with the shot making that we saw in that one, Kai. And uh, Florida Atlantic dropped seven spots in Ken Pom. So, you actually a little bit of value, a little bonus value, I think, just because Illinois shot the crap out of it. However, FAU's defense is not always you know buttoned up, and then you know, if this game gets to 25, 20 points, you could see maybe a backdoor FIU run, but I just think it's multiple tiers above and it's it's a blowout.
2: Yes, we'll be looking at those closely. Power game of the week is next, but before we get there, a word from our sponsor. BBOC is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming, terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call one 800
0: And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com bluewire. That's harrys.com bluewire for a $3 trial set.
2: Well, fellas, the power game of the week before we get to Saturday, of course... There's only one, really, that stands out. In fact, there might just be one power game, period. Power versus power teams. Oh, feel the power. Oh, I can feel it. It's UConn versus Gonzaga up in Seattle, Washington, at a quote-unquote neutral site. But we know that Zags fans will be filling that venue out. UConn fans travel pretty well. I would not be surprised if they get up there. Uh, UConn minus two per Ken Palm right now. Matthew, the Gonzaga Zags, Bulldogs, are off a Washington loss. Surprising. Would say they definitely need this one more from a resume point of view. Uh UConn, we know, has been dominant. It's two great defenses. It's two well coached teams and it's two very experienced teams. Who do you like in this one, Matthew?
1: I lean toward the Zags only because of the location. Like I, I really just think the cross country travel here for a you know a quasi home game for the Zags will will be the difference maker. What's a pre. Um I, I think the matchup probably favors UConn in more angles, but I, I, I do think just the the talent and respect I have for the Zags program makes us close to a pick them uh, Of note, Jim, the Zags slept walk and beat Mississippi Valley State by 38. On Monday, UConn slept walk in and beat the Delta Devils by 34. So transitive property has <laughs> this as a four-point favorite Gonzaga spread for me. So I like the Zags minus four. That's my handicap here.
3: Yeah, Slept walk is the right term. A 65 possession game against Pacific Valley state. is just like, all right, we're going to walk it up and score and you're going to walk it up and not score. And that's fine. That's all we're going to do. <laughs> I have not been overly impressed with Gonzaga this year. Um, I do not think their second half against Washington was impressive at all. They really kind of fell apart down the stretch against the Huskies. Couldn't figure out a way to put the biscuit in the basket. That's a problem against UConn who I think is categorically better at this point in the season. And two years ago, Gonzaga hosted Alabama in this arena in Seattle and kind of got torched. Uh, Alabama hit a bunch of threes, and I think as UConn is getting healthier with Castle and and getting a little more playmaking in the backcourt to go with Tristan Newton, shot-making, and Caravan, and Spencer, uh, I I fear for Gonzaga. There's just no depth.
2: If one or two guys have a bad game, they're kind of lost. I will not be fading UConn the rest of the season. Uh, They are (laughs) scary good. It is never fun to be against them. Uh, because of how much firepower they have. Tristan Newton really is for real uh, top five in Ken Palm Player of the Year right now. But he he might be the best guard in the country. You, you can make the argument um, currently for him. So yeah, I, I lean towards UConn there, despite the travel. Uh, all right, mid-major game of the week. Some good ones. We did talk about Furman Tulane brief, briefly. We did talk about Nevada Weber State briefly. So we look instead to Utah State at Sa- at Santa Clara, excuse me, uh, the Aggies, Utah State, minus four per Kimpom on the road. They have been really good this year under Danny Sprinkle. They've played a really good mid-major schedule. This is just their second true road game. They did beat SLU at SLU in a game that wasn't as close as the final margin indicates. For Santa Clara, this is actually their first Division I home game since November 20th. It's been quite a while, and they are on a three-game D1 losing streak, but they got Carlos Marshall back last game, one of their best players. Jim, I kind of like Santa Clara here. I I like how much size they have to combat Utah State. That's a key angle for me in this one.
3: Yeah, Marshall back is big. I wouldn't really even consider anything with Santa Clara here if, if he wasn't playing, but he has been rather important. And they do have other options. It's not like they're completely lost without him, but I just looking at their efforts, I want him on the court. I'm not going to give a big side angle here. I look at this and I see an over. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this one. I think both teams can score inside with the size that you mentioned. And uh, there's not a ton of like big-time shot-blocking resistance, uh, especially on the Santa Clara side, where they have size but not shot-blocking. And and that's what Utah State does. They pound it inside the great Asubor. And I think there's going to be points, 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 Matthew. So I see 77-70. I bet it gets more up-tempo than that. Uh, that's the Ken Palm projection. I, I expect more than that, 150 plus.
1: Yeah, Carlos Marshall, as you mentioned, huge this handicap. However, he returned and put up a donut hole for three from the floor and turned it over seven times in 21. I mean, just an all-time awful game. So I don't know if he's 100% right right now. I, I would be leery about taking the Claras here, Kai. The Broncos.
2: I actually kind of like that. I like that he got the, his his stinker out, out of the, the way. a little bit. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Yeah, I, th- I think he's a great player still. And they're I at can't home. can't be worse than that mindset. I and mean, that's horrible. Yeah, that, that's pretty bad. Uh, Yes, good point. Uh, Next game, the other mid-major game of the week, another WCC squad, San Francisco, they're hosting Seattle. The Dons of San Francisco, a nine-point favorite per Ken Just their third true home game this season. And, man, they've been pretty good this season. When you talk about strength of schedule, though, Seattle has not tested itself. Besides a trip to VCU, they are 347th nationally in strength of schedule and a really hard team to peg. You get some good efforts here, get some really bad efforts there. They're playing against a San Francisco team that's top 30 defensively, very good on defense. They force turnovers, and Seattle has been terrible handling the ball this season. Matt, they also have a big size edge. San Francisco, Jonathan Mogbo, fellas, I don't know if you've noticed the stats he's putting up, Missouri State transfer almost 15 points a game, over 10 boards a game, almost four assists, one block and almost two steals per game, ranking second, first, second, first and first on his team. He is their MVP playing great. Who do you like in this one, Matthew?
1: I like the Dons. You're right. Seattle has no point guard, like no true point guard right now. I think it showed in some matchups. Um and the Dons can certainly expose that. It's funny the the Dons hype was all about Mongolian Mike coming in the year and he's been good but not great. I think the this subtle improvement has been their depth and how they've reshuffled the deck with their transfers. They guard much better. They're much longer this year. Last year, they had the two mini uh, the miniature guards in the backcourt. This year their guards are 6'5, six, 6'6. Six, six, uh Mugbo's 6'9, like a do everything type wing guy. So yeah, I, I like to make I like the defensive uh dominance will just suffocate Seattle. It's pretty questionable offense, I'd say.
3: I kind of lean the other way. I've been a little lower on San Francisco this year, despite some strong efforts. Uh market bet san francisco like crazy on monday night and they got up big made a bunch of threes early and then went to sleep in the second half let new orleans cut all the way back down to four after it been like a 22 point game Uh, so maybe that was indicative of san francisco just kind of you know hitting autopilot and and knowing they were going to coast to a win or nearly coast to a win but while mogbo scares me he's like probably a top five defender in the country with his versatility and, and athleticism uh, I think Seattle can really defend too, and they're well coached, Matt. I know you love that coaching tree. I'm surprised I you're, uh, you're throwing throwing this, uh, the Redhawks out the like door. The they I have the good issue, a bit. They burned
1: me. They, they burned me. The Kaya burned us too. It we went back to big against uh, VCU. I'm still torn over that game. Well, we we'll backed VCU. Be, you bet. I'm sorry, VCU. Bad, VCU. we faded Seattle <laughs> at VCU. And VCU. Exactly. They burned so us. Be careful about way. it
2: happening again, sir. Yeah. That's what I say. Well, that's because we backed Seattle. Uh, earlier this season against somebody Forgotten they just They're
1: they on whack-a-mole yes. watch for me yep.
2: Whack-a-mole indeed so probably a stay away for Matt And I on the mid-major game of the week
1: uh, Last right.
3: note there Kai Cam Tyson missed Their non Seattle's non D1 game
2: He's the big time shooter former Houston yeah. Transfer I think that's probably just a maintenance Sit out though I expect him back The guys missing non D1 games is frustrating Because you never know but usually Maintenance or not maintenance but just We don't need him today let's give him a rest Yep. Uh, and you know what? I agree with that. Why get hurt in a non-D1 game? I, I agree. Yeah, uh, especially if you win by decision. fifty-five anyways. Yeah. Uh, okay. Trash man pick of the week. Just one. The ultimate trash pile.
1: The trash man pick of the week. I'm the trash man. Just throw me in the trash.
0: You're garbage, and you know it. Totally unreliable. Is that it. Undependable. Is that it? That's it. You've been told off. How do you like that? Good.
2: Last week was Valpo Central Michigan. Pretty gross game. Central Michigan was killing Valpo, and and The beacons made a late push to uh, uh, lose by four. So if you got the opener on that game, you pushed. Um, Sorry for those who got the close, three and a half. Friday's game this week features Cal State Bakersfield at Fresno State. Ken Palm's got this one as 11 point spread for Fresno State. And I'm just picking this game, fellas, because any game involving either of these teams is gross, in my opinion. Bakersfield, a bottom 10 team in the country tempo-wise, bottom 15 in the country, three-point percentage-wise, bottom 50 in uh, defense, and Fresno's a slow team. They turn the ball over at one of the highest rates in the nation, Jim. It's not going to be fun. I'll never watch this game. What are your thoughts? Uh, Things I will never do, Kai, to to
3: go along with that, is lay double digits with Fresno State. I do not trust that offense at all. (laughs) It goes into massive, massive ruts during the game. And while Bakersfield's defensive efficiency numbers are really bad, this year rod barnes is a good defensive coach and i think i hope it will come around and they lost a couple good good defenders to the portal uh yvonne reynolds headed to jacksonville state and they've they've missed him as a on ball hound on the perimeter but i just can't lay double digits with fresno matt it it, that team is gross so I, i anything i'll probably take the 11 with bakersfield and hope it's just a mucky ugly game here
1: yeah, I, I actually might lay it because I think Baker Schultz terrible. I guess they did play Gonzaga close, but that was in the Gonzaga-Maui hangover spot, and I don't give Baker's any credit for that. Um, I, yeah, I actually might lay it with, with Fresno because I, I stubbornly trust my Bulldogs here. Um, and hey, they're coming off two big wins against Idaho State and Pacific. whoop do doo Medals. For, uh, yeah. for Fresno there. That's that's another
3: thing. I, I'm glad you mentioned that. They beat Pacific by like 33. Pacific is broken. Yeah, So jumping mm-hmm. 30 spots in Ken Palm because you beat a team that has put up zero good efforts in the last month, I think that's maybe created a little
2: value on the line. Yeah, I, I've given up betting Bakersfield, so I will not be betting on them. Um, Last three years, I think, I'm like 1 in 10 betting on Bakersfield. So will not be touching it myself. Don't watch that game. It's a trash man pick of the week. Finally, our spotlight section. A check-in on futures, courtesy, of course, of our sponsor, BetMGM. These lines can be found at their lovely establishment. Let's go player of the year odds real quick, because I think the national title discussion will be a bit longer. Uh, Just checking in, in case you have been living under a rock. Zach Eadie is the favorite right now. He's minus 110 at BetMGM. Uh, So the only player garnishing uh, minus money out there. Hunter Dickinson, plus 350. Flip a.k.a. Kyle Filipowski for Duke is 10 to 1. Armando Bacot is 25 to 1. And then there's a five-way tie at 30 to 1. Donovan Klingon, Tyler Kolick, Caleb Love, Umar Ballo, and Tyson Walker. Matt, is there anybody on this list outside of ED that's worth a consideration?
1: Yeah, I was going to throw Terrence Shannon into the mix, but um, I think at this point you get deep enough into the year and you continue to see ED put up monster like monster performances against elite teams. like you probably just go ahead and lay it with ed like lay it up to probably a minus 150 or minus two i mean i don't want to lay anything super expensive there's always risk of injury uh but he's been pretty you know durable in his career he's never really had like anything you know any major setbacks um and again just like the sheer dominance of his stats i know you're worried about like the voter fatigue like oh can you you know vote the same guy back to back but there really hasn't been a strong second candidate to merge jim i I'm gonna kind of wait to play ED. I hope I, I get him like one more weekend and less than 120, and uh, and just can you know, hope he keeps on doing what he, I mean, 35 and eight against Alabama, pretty good. Um, so yeah, just a nice player.
3: <laughs> He's a monster. I'm looking at my MGM account in Illinois. He's got him at minus 160. So like the the money's even yeah, moving. that, that changed way. like last hour. Okay, <laughs> okay, since since we put yeah. together this outline, yeah, that's yeah, crazy. So somebody is just hammering him with the production he's putting up on a top five team. It's kind of hard to see why it would go anywhere else. I wish this was like how there's national title futures and final four futures mm-hmm. can only be one national title winner. There can only be one national player of the year winner. If you could actually bet like first team, all American cool. equivalent odds of these, I think there are great bets. Like Tristan Newton's down at 50 to one. Yeah, He's clearly been Yukon's best player, much better than Klingon. Who's at 30 to one. I wish I could bet Newton to make first team all American at, you know, 10 to one or something like that. I think that'd be great value. Yeah. So that's my appeal to the sports books to offer some of that because yeah, right now it's, it's Edie's award and
2: the market knows it. The sports books would get crushed. (laughs) Come on, but I want that. That's okay. Uh, Matt to Matt's Shannon point, great player, but it's just like the TJD thing last year. If Purdue wins that league by, Several games, there's no chance that he can be picked behind a different Big Ten player.
3: Dalton Connect 35 to 1. PJ Hall's 50 to 1. Like, I don't think these are good national play of the year bets, but yeah. I think the value bets. would be there to be like first team All American. Ah, it's frustrating.
2: Indeed. Uh, okay. National championship odds currently as of uh, today, bet MGM. Two favorites, the co favorites, Arizona and Purdue are at 10 to 1. Kansas is at 11 to 1. UConn and Marquette are 14 to 1. Houston, 16 to 1, Duke, 18 to 1, and Kentucky, Creighton, Baylor, and Tennessee are sitting at 20 to 1. Jim, do any of those jump out to you in terms of the favorites section as good bets right now? Or are you looking down down the line a little bit, some longer odds? I still think Creighton 20 to
3: 1, like I still think it's a top five team. And I'm not sure why there has been less love for them in the market, like why they're not up right around UConn 14 to 1 with, with how they've performed. Only one loss so far, and it was to a good Colorado State team have been dominant outside of that. So I, I still think maybe there's some appeal with Creighton. If you fully believe in Baylor's shot making, I mean, they're just killing it from beyond the arc. Their guards have been ridiculous, and the defense has been even a little better. Uh, than last year with these Missy in there, so twenty to one there. I'm not really looking like I don't think there's any value on Kansas. Very very little value on UConn. I still think Arizona is the best team, but they've corrected that, made them all the way up to ten to one. So there's a couple further down the line, Kai, but I will holster those until we hear Matt's thoughts on the top of the board.
1: Yeah, there's no value to me in many of these favorites. I think you need to look to like the tier two or tier three, like fifty to one. 100 to 150 to one type odds right now they're not I and mean, it's hard to find value there too the one i was banging the drum for was new mexico um 160 to one 200 to one i think are are, are out there I, that's where you gotta look uh you what i don't have the bet the bet mgm mexico's 250 to one mgm mm-hmm. players right now that's that's a bet for me <laughs> uh that, that team is just insane i think they have like legitimate deep run dna in the tournament and they've just been beating teams by so much. They've beaten good teams, too. Like, the, the fact that they uh, are extending so much without Mashburn. I think they're actually better without him in some cases. That's one. Uh, Cincinnati is another long-shot dart throw. I think with with Bendago back in the lineup up front, I think they're a little bit undervalued. I think his impact will kind of shine through as they get deeper in a Big 12 play. And they're in a league where they can basically, you know, in great home court, they go 500 in the Big 12 or a couple of games under. They'll be in the tournament um and that's you know you're taking anything 200 to one and you're a tournament team you're in a pretty good spot there you can hedge you know pretty quickly um with that type of price so
2: yeah those actually stood out to me too Matt the New Mexico 250 to one Sensi 201 if you're looking for that type of I know I'm hedging type of long shot New Mexico let's remember what happened last year the schedule so far is not good um they've played one true road game they lost by 14 they've played one team in the top 70 it was the same game St. Mary's so we got a see what they're going to be like in Mountain West play because they did start awesome last season and ended up not making the tournament. Uh, but Cincinnati, you worry about the big 12 gauntlet. But again, those prices I agree do stand out to me. But Jim, if you want to look at like Ken Palm to market value, BYU is sitting at 60 to one and they're number six in Ken Palm. Yeah. I, I love BYU. I have like a,
3: I think it's 500 to one preseason with, with uh, the Cougars. I have liked them for a while. And Kind of to even build on your point of like Ken Palm to current value, I like looking at Bart Torvik filtering out preseason. BYU's the fourth best team. If you look at I feel like that. I know they haven't played like a monumental schedule, right. uh, but that's how much they've been blowing teams out. So giving you indications of how well they can play. Uh, another team right in that 60 to one in the Big 12, undefeated Oklahoma. They, they're top 12 in the AP mm-hmm. poll right now. And I saw John Gasaway put out his little article that. For I think it's 10 straight years, maybe even longer. The national title winner has been in the top 12 of the AP poll in week six. So Oklahoma does qualify Ooh. for that if you like that little uh that little nugget there. And then just even a little bit further down, Matt, your New Mexico Lobos are 21st if you take out preseason priors, and Utah is 20th. Another team from the Beehive State. Big, big fan of theirs. They got to win over BYU, the only team that's beaten BYU. I think Utah's a decent value, too. They could be the second-best team in the Pac-12 and end up with a pretty good seed.
2: 150-1, to one, the Utah Utes. The Utes. Thank you. All right, fellas, we're going to cut it off there. Thank you for joining the Big Bets on Campus podcast. We will be back next week with another show. Till then, good luck with your bets. Have a great weekend.